Uh, ready? Nate? All right. Yeah, I'm ready. We're recording. Oh, we're recording. Yeah, we're recording. Penis. That's gonna go into the intro. <laughs> You're welcome. What did Lizzie say? Penis. 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 Nobody. No one's gonna play the penis game. Okay. All right. <laughs> I don't know the penis game well. You just say penis louder and louder until one of you is screaming it. That just sounds sad when you're single, you know? <laughs> and the, this is definitely going in the intro. <laughs> that just sounds sad when, when you're single. When you're single in quarantine, it's just sad. <laughs> on, then wait. your neighbors just hear you yelling, to rosé all day anyway anyways did i do it right you you're close all day anyways, anyways. okay yeah, like yeah we changed our theme song katie's still getting used to it yeah um, still learning trying to get it go. i am erica akin i'm katie rainey and we are here and we are still in quarantine it is now 2025 and we have been in quarantine <laughs> since much this, when this is uncovered by archaeologists of the future they will use it they're to learn like, of of what happened during this time they're going to be like who are these basic bitches like who <laughs> <laughs> don't even have rosé none of us have rosé today I Rose in my margarita. So that's okay. okay. But that's how that's the time we're in, y'all. I've upgraded to liquor now. I'm drinking more liquor than wine. So we have two special guests today. They are two people who we have both known all of their lives and they have known us for most of us. Because we're the older ones. We're the older siblings. Older sibling make right up here. stupid shit and make up arbitrary rules that don't really exist. And then the next child comes along and it turned out they're not real. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's so, not true. It pays to be the baby. <laughs> so we would like to introduce to you guys our sisters. Yep. Who Here's are- my sister, Lizzie, and your sister, Brittany. Brittany. Yay. Hey, hey, y'all. Hey, hi, hello. Hi. Welcome. Katie, uh, or Lizzie, what's the age difference between you and Katie? Five, six years, Five. depending on the time of year. <laughs> you just turned 28? Eight, yeah. 28, and I'm turning 34. So we're you're 33 and a, right now. <laughs> like five and a half years, is that right? Did I do the math Yeah, right? that's yeah, what five, I said. The, depending on the time of year, one half year. Yeah. Five years, the other at six. <laughs> so. What about you guys? Brittany, do you know the age difference between us? We're two and a half years apart. Okay. I wasn't sure how she was getting up for that. I was. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you guys meet? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the thing is, Brittany is technically my stepsister, so we do have like a meeting story, but our parents started dating when we were so young. Brittany was one and I was four that she's like, she'd been my sister my whole life, but I do remember, like, I, I remember, like, meeting Brittany and then being like, ah, oh, she's cute. Look at that little. She's cute. I like how, how old were you? 
I was about four. I was four, almost five. Yeah. And listeners will be able to reference the parents of said siblings here in episode, was it nine? I don't know. It was last July that we recorded that episode. I'm pretty sure it was episode nine when we had the whole Atkins family on all the parents. With Enclave, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was sweltering in my apartment. (laughs) Yes, and my dad was feeding the dog cheese. Yeah, well, my dog kept trying to eat him. (laughs) (laughs) So, Lizzie and Brittany, where are you currently? Because we are all still in lovely quarantine, as we said. Where are you guys right now? So, I'm in Washington, D.C. Well, I'm right outside of Washington, D.C. in Alexandria, but... I kind of am here. I'm at our parents' house in Leesburg. I'm at their restaurant in Winchester. So I'm kind of like quarantined but not because I'm still helping and working and whatnot. Mm. Brittany, what's the name of our parents' restaurant? Scrimp Shack. And that is spelled with a K. I'd like to be clear on that for all you Yankees. (laughs) It is not the Shrimp Shack. It is the Scrimp Shack. Yeah, Lindsay. not... It's a franchise, and we didn't make up the name. So, like, however, if you love it or if you hate it, like, keep your opinion because it wasn't up to us. So, <laughs> hold your horses, <laughs> Lizzie. They've got some real southern cooking. I've yet to eat there, but from what I hear, <clears throat> what is it? Lots of fried shrimp grits. Do y'all have grits? Uh, there's not grits, but it's like fried shrimp, fried catfish, fried oysters, po'boys, like seafood, fried seafood, tacos. You're like, doing my good food dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know when you get like happy about a good meal, you're like, yeah. 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 Never were. The more menu items that we named, the more that Lizzie started dancing. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Whenever we're released from quarantine, we're all going to the scrimp shack. Mail me some. You'll love it. Lizzie, where are you? Um, I am on one of Jupiter's moons. I recently <laughs> flew out here for a visit with I'm my sorry. aunt Linda. You can tell <laughs> whose sister Lizzie is. <laughs> I'm actually from good old Little Rock, Arkansas, and it is Arkansas, not Arkansas, for those who have not heard of us that is not my real accent i just like to throw it on there it's pretty close though it's pretty close (laughs) i got a i got a thick accent for sure let's do a quick quarantine check how's everybody feeling i feel like check-ins are necessary right now i feel like i'm ready for it to be over like a month ago yes (laughs) that's pretty much it (laughs) erica how are you doing I'm like, okay. I, I mean, I'm okay. I'm not bad, but like, it's been a weird weekend because my high school drama teacher actually committed suicide on Friday. And so oh. it's been like, like a really interesting time where like, I've actually reached out and talked to a lot of people who I have, even with the quarantine happening, there was still like a whole nother plethora of people who I haven't talked to in a while that I've talked to in the last like 24 to 48 hours. And it's been, that's actually been really great. And a lot of us thinking about and reflecting on like that, like you were just saying, Katie, check-ins are important because a lot of people are dealing with during this time. It is like if you already were battling like like depression and then something like this happened, mm-hmm. that's difficult. And so we're all struggling through this. And so if that was already a thing. Like then it kind of ups the level. And so a lot of us have been talking about that and advocating around that. And so what what is 
it's unfortunate, but what's nice about it is that it really brought that, because we were like a really tight group, it really brought that community back together, including like my eighth grade slash 12th grade English teacher, who I haven't heard from in like 15 years. She then went on the chain and she moved back to England and I haven't heard from her in a long time. And so it's been like really great to like be able to reconnect with everybody again and really express to my English, my choir teacher, like about like how influential they were in my life as a human being and now how much they influenced who I am as an arts educator and like what you taught me, I pass on to other people now. So thank you. That's been, that's been cool, but it's like emotion, feelings, Ugh, feelings. Let me take another drink. <laughs> yeah. Lizzie, that's how are you? You know, it's funny. I'm in a similar boat. I lost uh, uh, one of my best friends from childhood about a month ago, and his birthday was this past week. So, you know, just it's pretty raw. I think, you know, it's pretty been a rough week. But I think I've had very similar experiences in quarantine. People don't have time to do other things. So they're reaching out to each other a lot more. And I find that a lot of my old high school friends, a lot of people that I used to hang out with and had no idea what they were doing in their lives now. I've been reaching out to them and, and reconnecting with a lot of friends that I didn't used to hear from. So it's it's both depressing because I lost a huge friend in my life, um, but it's also been really uplifting to hear from people who support you and love you that you thought forgot about you, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's it's been a roller coaster, I'd say. Yeah. What about you, Katie? Yeah, it's been a weird day, up and down. I think we've I don't know. I've talked about it on previous episodes in quarantine, but we also lost in Little Rock a friend yesterday. So that's been a struggle. And I had like, (laughs) actually, both of you know that I fainted earlier today. And (laughs) then uh, like 30 minutes before we got on this call, I had like a major anxiety attack and had to like do some stuff. But this wine is helping now. So it's like up and down. Like right now I feel like somewhat back to normal, if not just like a little bit depleted. But yeah, I'm starting to get to that point where I'm like, have I just, have I been alone too much? And like, also like it's just been a really hard year for a lot of reasons. And so I think like a lot of that is culminating in my feelings right now and in quarantine and processing all of that. Totally isolated has has been a challenge. So yeah. saying to a friend earlier that I feel like what a lot of us are experiencing emotionally in quarantine right now, it's all stuff from before quarantine. Like it's not like all these issues have popped up now. So it's kind of like you, especially if you live alone, but I think all of us are, but I feel like especially if you're alone, then it's like, it's really like, it's all coming up and you're like, Oh God. Ugh. like that's kind of like yeah. and, and it, well and in, in quarantine you don't have anywhere to run from it you just you either have to face it or if you you know I've got my husband here to talk to but like if I also you know most people don't if they're alone and they're just chilling at home they either resort to drinking or like watch, binge watching tv or becoming workaholics or just turning into habitual habits you know so mm-hmm. I've done all those things Lizzie have you been in my apartment <laughs> no <laughs> yeah I'm like yeah the binging yeah the alcohol yeah the working all the time Lizzie do you know me <laughs> you know uh it's maybe because the working and the binging on TV uh have been my life other oh well and yeah no I said working so working in TV that's about it has been my life too 
I don't know. I don't think there's anything else we can really do, though. Like, even if you had nothing else to, like, I'm a big proponent of self-care. So, like, this for me hasn't, hasn't, like, there have been things that I've, that I've like, realized about myself that I'm working on or want to work on. But because, like, I'm a huge advocate of, like, meditation and prayer and church and yoga and therapy, like, so for me, it hasn't been necessarily like an opportunity to face anything as much as it's been like an opportunity to rest and to do all those like unhealthy things, those bingy things that I normally can't do because I'm too busy. Like I, I feel like it's actually kind of a good opportunity to kind of like give yourself grace to just exist (laughs) yeah exist yes and even that like I'm saying be lazy but no it's not being lazy it's just just living man just living your life and like doing what you want to do for sure exactly I've seen a lot of people feel, I think, guilty during this time that, you know, there's something that was shared a lot on social media that people said, if you don't come out of this quarantine, you know, with your, with a new habit, a new hobby, or like a new skill, whatever, then what are you really doing? And then a modified version of that where someone crossed out the, you know, what are you really doing? And it's, you know, being a normal person, (laughs) like you're doing just fine if you don't end up being you know, super productive because your worth is not measured by productivity. So yeah, unfortunately, that's the culture we live in, which is one of capitalism and producing constantly. So that's a really hard feeling to break. I mean, I certainly know like even just in like I have tried to break a lot of those workaholic habits and stuff, but that itself becomes its own like work where you're like, I need to be better at this. And so you feel like you have to produce that in yourself and it becomes this like cyclical. So I've had to catch those thoughts in my head constantly. I feel like the millennial generation is going through a like upteen traumatic event in the last like 20 years. So we're doing our fucking best. Like that's kind of like, like doing our best y'all. We're doing our best. Just examine the last 20 years and with information who went from childhood to adulthood in this time period. I mean, yeah, we've right. gotten like two elections stolen. We had 9-11. This is our second recession we're going into. It's a fucking pandemic. Most like, of us right. have, are hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt for student loans. Yep. <laughs> this generation, we're just doing our best and we are all just filled with anxiety and drinking and locking ourselves in our homes. <laughs> much drinking. Those those fools at the beach, that's Gen Z. That's not us you're looking for. Oh my gosh. I think I saw a a meme like exactly with what you just said, Erica, where it was like, yo, it's millennials are over here approaching 30 trying to convince our parents not to go outside. It's Gen Z you want. (laughs) Like Yeah. Get back off. Yeah. Well we wanna make sure before we get into it, Katie, we gotta do Wine time. Wine time. Except in times of quarantine, we're often drinking more than that. Or Cocktail not. time. Whatever you got in the kitchen time. <laughs> Alcohol time. It's there. It's shifted. So I am drinking. So I become a bartender in this moment in history. That's your new skill. 
It is my new skill <laughs> and myself for my next job. Because the bars are going to come back no matter what happens to everybody else. The bars are coming back. So I made a margarita. I've learned how to make margaritas. My bar, my bar supplies are very impressive now. And so I made a margarita. And now what I'm doing is I'm taking my rosé. I promise I'm okay, guys. When I hear this, people are going to be like, she's not okay. I'm <laughs> taking my rosé. Loves me not. It's actually the same rosé I was drinking in the last episode. And it's a really sweet rosé. And so I'm pouring just like a little bit into the margarita. And I got to say, guys, this is great. They actually make uh, rosé and wine margaritas at Mexican restaurants pretty frequently. That's what I'm saying. I'm, so I, there you I'm go. Pretty sure You're just. Your thing, so. Yeah. So that's what I'm drinking. Lizzie's drinking water, being healthy. Well, I don't drink alcohol anymore, so. Such a good, such a good thing. I was going to say, what do you do instead? But I won't do that. <laughs> well, I can say, you just can't put it on the podcast. <laughs> you can't put it out there. I get the gist of it. You don't have to say it. <laughs> Brittany, what are you drinking? <laughs> I'm drinking a margarita. Yeah, the sisters drinking margaritas. I'm also drinking water, but I am in in addition to my water drinking some Sauvignon Blanc. So I feel like that tells you everything you need to know about our family. What are you guys doing right now? We're drinking. <laughs> Brittany, though, I feel like Brittany and Dad drink the least, and then yeah. me and Rhonda are like, "Is that a drink? Is it over there? Can I get it? Can we get two? Can we do it now? Yeah, we're gonna get drunk. Like that's me and Rhonda. <laughs> True. That's a hundred percent. Yeah. Like when, you know, we have dinner out on the patio and mom makes those huge pitchers of sangria. Like I have a cup and I'm done and I'm like, okay, I need to stop drinking before I say something to embarrass myself. Right. But like you and mom, y'all could go all night. No problem. Yeah. And then dad's just in the corner. Like, we got a bunch of lushes in our house. <laughs> all of them runs in the family. You know what? But he shouldn't even say anything because, like, 98% of the reason that everybody drinks is because of him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So before we get into talking about sisterhood, I'm kid, I want to make sure that our, our listeners understand the, like, the kind of breakdown or construction of our families because I'm sure it's going to come up at some point, so that might be helpful. Um, so Katie and Lizzie, how, how is your, what's your, what's our family structure? Family tree. The listeners can't see me, but I'm doing like this, like, butterfly. she's, she's got magic fingers, jazz hands, kind of, <laughs> um, Katie, you go. Uh, I'm the oldest. Lizzie is the youngest and we have a brother in between us and then we all have the same parents. Um, so I'm the oldest. I'm actually technically the only child between my mother and my father. Um, and then, um, Brittany is my stepsister, but as I said before, we've known each other our entire lives. She's my sister. Like I never refer to her as my stepsister. So whenever I have to like explain that, it's always like weird because I'm like, she's my sister. She's not, she's my sister. No, it's really weird, especially when you're explaining it to like boyfriends. Like, oh, I'm going to say my dad, but that's actually my stepdad. Like, or right. I say dad all the time and then it comes up, something about like my biological dad comes up and I'll be like, oh yeah, by the way, 
that's not my biological dad. That's my stepdad. And that's not my biological sister. That's my stepsister. And that's not my biological brother. That's my stepsister's half brother. Right. So it's always like very. It's just easier to like sum it up. (laughs) (laughs) I have two half brothers. Ayende and Jabari, they are 20. Ayende is about to turn, born in 1995. So Ayende is about to turn 25. And Jabari just turned 21 in November. He also just graduated from, um, from Penn. Uh, Yay. Yay. And he's actually currently interning for uh, Brittany um, and her company. And then Brittany has half siblings as well. I have half and step siblings. So in total with like you and that whole side and me and my whole side, there's about 10. And, um, but I'm closest to you and Jabari. And then I, you know, like I'm my mother's only child and I was only raised with you. So it's kind of like, it's a lot. It's very blended. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Our family dynamic, everybody's really close, but it is like I was raised I mean, Brittany is the sibling who I was raised with the most because we're only two and a half years apart. And then my brothers are 10 and 13 years younger. And so they were in a different household. But I was raised with them as well. But honestly, I helped raise them because of the age gap. Uh, But like Brittany and Jabari and Allende, like they all call each other brother and sister. But I, Brittany's other siblings are mostly, mostly grew up in Florida. So I don't really know her half sibling as well. So I don't necessarily call them my brothers and sisters. So Mm -hmm. it's like a complex layer. And so we at some point had some step siblings and now we don't? Yeah, now we don't. We had for about four years, we had a stepbrother and a stepsister and now we don't anymore. So that's that's a fun story. Yep. That's about the extent of that. But I mean, like I still, I don't really talk to our step brother at all. Um, and our stepsister, I see like when I see our stepdad, maybe once a year, if that's, but it's all, it was very amicable. It's not like anybody doesn't like each other. It's just when they got divorced, we all drifted apart. So, but you and Roy were never really even close to Bailey or Trey because you guys didn't like, you really didn't even meet them hardly. Did you? Not much. Uh, then yeah and so that's the the thing that i've always said about your family erica and why i was so like interested in talking to them when they came and talked on the episode is that like yeah when that divorce happened in our family everybody just kind of drifted away but like you guys have stayed very close like or like your parents have stayed very close across the years like rhonda and your dad are very close to your mom and that, that's a cool thing i mean i don't think that's very common yeah, I don't think it was an option, though. I think our family is like the mafia. My mother's family in particular is like the mafia. And once you're in, you can't get out. And that's, that's that. And everybody else who gets added after that, um, that's kind of the thing. And I think a lot of that stems from my grandmother. Um, my grandmother also grew up in like the blended family where her father had like a first family and like a second family and then like they all consider each other's brothers and sisters and nieces and nephews and that and so and they're from louisiana and so uh, new orleans area they bear my grandmother very much brought that spirit to our family that's like once you're in the family you're in the family and that's that and so all of us kind of operate that way and i think that has to do with her well, let's get to the juicy bits. 
before we do, can I just say, Brittany, your Zoom picture is flawless. Like, you look <laughs> like a damn model. You're, like, there with the off shoulder. Like, every time it flashes, I was like, ooh, girl, you should use that picture. Okay. Yeah, Lizzie, Erica, and now we can see that Brittany, her profile picture, they both have, like, professional model pictures. I where I don't think you and I have ever done that in our lives. Yeah, yeah. look, there's Erica's. I don't think... <laughs> I I have one now because uh, we my can't. husband's a photographer. He took my current ones just like out at a park. But before that, it was like selfie. <laughs> Let me try and get like nice lighting. Post it's, my phone. it's also a problem when like in every picture you and I go like this. <laughs> For those who cannot see us, uh, that noise is uh, um, we it's like to look really, really, really pretty. Yeah, I had a problem growing up because I was forced to take a lot of like nice photos and hated this it. This was Katie in every picture. So I would make I would Big make mouth, a really two thumbs up. Yeah, I'd make really stupid, exaggerated faces because I hated it so much. So that's probably why I don't have any professional Every pictures. Time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then mom would be like, "Katie, we just want to get one serious one," and you'd be like, "Okay." <laughs> and then Roy and I would be laughing, but mom was about to lose it. <laughs> We were raised True. by black Southern parents, so you better get your act together. You better smile for this goddamn photo. <laughs> you need to fucking smile right now. You're like, yes, we're going to look nice for the photo. <laughs> My finest photo bomb ever was, I think I was like 22, and we were taking like a 30-person Christmas picture over at grandma's house, Lizzie, and no one noticed me dead in the center of the group making stupid faces the entire time. And they kept trying to get it because they were trying to get the little like new Oh my kid. God, I remember. And I was just, and finally Aunt Cheryl, after like 20 pictures, noticed me and she was like, hey! like I ruined all of them. <laughs> I was pretty proud of I that. I forgot. Sorry, Aunt she Cheryl. She, she listens to the show. So, you know, sorry about that. But it was pretty funny. <laughs> she lost it. <laughs> Juicy Bits. Brittany, what was it like growing up with Erica? Tell us oh the truth. God. It was a lot. It was a lot. <laughs> Dancing, <laughs> like spinning in the kitchen. Spinning? Boys. Spinning. Like, spinning, like spinning in circles? circles? Like dancing and choreographing and like theatrics and did she make you did she choreograph dances for you yeah no, no we no. didn't remember by the time i got older no by the time i like remember you doing it like a lot like a lot a lot like middle school high school like no you i was like doing like the spice girl thing we remember when no we yes elementary school i was all for it yes spice girls everything so yes but then I, as I got older, I was like, I'm going to go in the corner and just watch. For contact, Brittany's best friend once caught our dad moonwalking across the kitchen. So I come by it on it. Yeah, totally. So that's pretty much, I mean, it was just a, a lot of, we're very, very different. Like, I'm very, like, even though I'm a cheerleader, I'm very, like, oh, We lost Lizzie. Home. She'll be back. Anyway. Oh, um, I'm very rough and tumble, like athletic-ish, and Erica's very like drama, theatrics, like singing-ish. Uh huh. So it was interesting. 
when did you guys actually become friends? Were you guys friends as kids at all? She was so mean to me when we were kids. Yeah. She was so mean. To Lizzie's me. jumping at the bit to out me Let right me now. So tell you about Katie when I can. Okay. Oh we'll, we'll get back to you. I'm going to give you your moment. I will be interviewing you in a moment. I have a question for you. Yes, you do. I've got all the deets. Let's just have, let's, Brittany, spill the tea on Erica first. She was just mean. Uh, like, I always wanted to play with her and, like, I was so excited to have her there and I always wanted to share all my toys. I can remember, like, I don't remember a lot of stuff, but I remember one moment very specifically. It was like the umpteenth time that she had come in my room and been like, oh, you want, can I play with this or whatever? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then I asked her to play with something and she was like, no. And I was crying and I went to my mom and my mom was like, if she doesn't want to play with you, don't play with her. Like, you don't have to play with her. And then I, from that moment on, I was like, forget you. Like, I just do my own thing. So she was just like, oh, she was so mean. She I, was so did, I did somehow manage to convince Brittany that it made more sense if all of our, all of collectively both our Barbie things were in my room. I don't know how. Because I, I didn't really like Well, Barbie. it would be more organized, obviously. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Lizzie. <laughs> <laughs> you, but you were always more into Barbies than me. So, like, I didn't really have too much qualm around sharing Barbies or giving you my Barbies. Brittany had the Jeep, and she had the grocery store. So See, I don't remember that. I do. I very <laughs> clearly remember don't, don't test her, Brittany. Older yeah. sisters remember things that you don't, and we'll correct you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I complete. I don't think I cared at all, at all. No, I do remember Brittany wanting to play with me, but like by the time we hit, by the time I hit middle school, I was like really trying to differentiate and find myself outside of my family, and it's like I think that resulted in me being. Mean to my little sister, partially because of our parents like made us do everything together. And oh, that shit. means then I had to fight to be separated from her because it was like, Erica's playing soccer, Brittany's doing soccer. Erica has a birthday party, Brittany can invite two friends. Brittany has a birthday party, Erica can invite two friends. You always have to go to the bathroom together. You always have to do this together. You always have to do that. And then at a certain point, I was like two, three years older. I was like, I'm in middle school and she's in the third grade. Like, I don't. I don't want to. And then my parents had a lot of conversations with me about Erica. You are a big sister. And it is your responsibility. And I was like, hold up, hold up, hold up. I didn't <laughs> be born first. That wasn't my plan. What's going on? I was like, I, I agree with Brittany. I was mean. I was definitely mean. <laughs> I love so your, awesome. hold on, hold on. That was not what am I doing. Yeah. Well, my God, let Lizzie tell her story. Lizzie, Ugh. I want to hear... I want to hear about Katie as your big sister. Let me remember. Tell you. I'm spilling the tea after you go. So oh, you, that's fine. You that's fine. You spill the tea about us being little shits all the time. Okay, <laughs> so I'm used to it. Katie was actually, I would say, you were like a mix when we were younger because you would have moments where you really wanted, and for me in particular, being a not with Roy, but so much as I, we were girls. 
I remember you would be nicer about some things to me, you know, sometimes like let me borrow a purse or let me, especially when I was young enough to like just use it to play dress up in the house or something. I remember you not caring. But then <laughs> when you made Katie Rainey mad, doggy, you better run because um, I got tied. One, I got pillows shoved down my pants to play like a part in the nutcracker. I was a rat <laughs> and I didn't have a choice in that. Um, so she like drew on my face. She cut my hair you when my parents that. were gone. Oh, I did. But you oh. also uh, got my neck a little bit with the scissors. If you were calling, you were like, don't tell mom. <laughs> um, and then the best one though is I think that you tied us to a chair when you were babysitting us. That wasn't that wasn't me. But I thought you I knew mom did it, but I thought that you did it uh -uh. after. Uh -uh. It was just mom? Okay. Yeah, dude. That wasn't me. <laughs> Dang, I mean, I definitely. did probably worse things, but yes, that's why I, I would not be surprised if you you were just like honestly a kind of a shit. In high school, though, you were fine when you were younger, but when in high school, it was like you wanted nothing more than to loathe us, and particularly me, because I was like mom and dad's little goody two-shoes. Truth. Like, <laughs> they, mom put me in all these little dresses and shit that she would want me to wear all the time and want me to go like did cotillion, did all the things that you would never do that you didn't like. And so I think you didn't like me because I did those things. Uh, but I also didn't like all of those things. And I couldn't say I didn't like all of those things because it was like, Lizzie's just supposed to like these things. Yeah, I'll say that in our family, there was like an there's always been an unhealthy competitive streak and in which like the kids were pit against each other. We don't come from a healthy family. And like, I will, like we have spent... Lizzie and Roy and I have spent the last many years, I think, repairing a lot of damage from our childhood with each other and just like becoming friends. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. But yeah, I think we we were pitted against each other in a lot of ways. And like, yeah, there were several times I was jealous. And there's also like some really shitty family things that were going on at the time. Good Lord, yeah. Lizzie. I already feel like this episode is going to come back to bite us in the ass right now. But anyway. Oh, well, probably. But I mean, <laughs> what, what I... It was a weird mix when I was younger because I remember, like, for those that don't know, my brother and I, yes, Katie and I are apart and we have a brother in the middle, but Roy and I were, like, associated as twins when we were younger growing yeah. up because we are only 11 months apart. We're not even a year apart. My mom uh, and dad had some blue margaritas two months after they were done with Roy <laughs> and uh, decided to have another baby by accident. So here I am. That blue margarita story has been told so many fucking times in our family. I know. And, and that they wanted to name me like Marguerite or something stupid off of that story. I've heard it my entire life. <laughs> but so we, I think Roy and I were much tighter when we were younger because we were so close in age. But then when we got older, and obviously Roy's a boy and I'm a girl, we had like totally separate interests. And for a while, you would, when we were at the age when you like didn't care if I dressed up in your clothes, like I was young enough where I wasn't like stealing your clothes and things like that. You didn't really seem to care and you played with me quite a bit. Um, and then you liked to torture me a little bit um, and make me do things like become a rat in the nutcracker. <laughs> so, you know, um, you know, what's funny about all this is that like, for me, there's a very clear defining line for when my 
personality and added my attitude changed and like whether or not like Roy and Lizzie felt it whether or not they realized what had happened there were like a series of events where that like directly affected me and they were right when I hit high school and like yeah. high school the next like four years were a nightmare because I, I mean I was like dealing with like like really heavy undiagnosed depression and anxiety because of it and ang- yeah. anger, anger comes from that for sure well, and that, I'd yeah. say that's when, that's when I thought you hated me was in those times. Because I hated everything. <laughs> you hated everything. <laughs> yes. So that, and I was also, when you were in high school, I was in, you know, uh, middle school. So like what middle school girl doesn't want to be like her high school big sister, you know? So all I wanted to do was be friends with you and all you wanted to do was uh, drown me in a pool. So <laughs> What? Just okay, kidding. that was extreme. <laughs> I never tried to drown her. <laughs> no, I said like you would want to. I, I feel like with Brittany, it's probably about to say, I see her mouth moving. She's probably about to talk about the time I pulled out a knife on her. I already... <gasps> I, I, yes. Go ahead, tell your... Tell your tell no, your. I just... I don't even know. I think I was crying because, you know, mom and dad had left and we were supposed to go to the bus stop and you were supposed to watch me and so we went to the bus stop in the mornings. Or maybe it was when we came home from school. I don't know. No, but it was the morning. I remember. It was the morning. And <laughs> I was crying because I was upset, probably because I got left with you. And then you pulled out a knife and chased me around the house. Oh, my God. This is what I did. This Erica, I always thought I was the bad one. No, <laughs> this was, it was an extended, like, it wasn't that it just happened this morning. Every morning. Rhonda would leave to go to work. This was not a new thing. This was happening. Wait, you chased her with a knife every morning? No, only one time. But every morning, she would cry. And I was like, she fucking goes to work every day. Why are you still (laughs) crying? And so she was just like, I have such a clear memory of her, like, in the kitchen, crying about how she missed her mom, who, like, had been gone for two seconds, and we're getting ready to go to the bus stop to go to school. So one day, I reached over and I, and I was like, "I need, stop crying. We have to go to school. Like, stop crying." And I was just like, "Look, n- this is why ten-year-olds aren't parents, okay?" Yeah, yeah. I feel like Lizzie's the nutcracker thing, the rat thing, is maybe your most traumatic thing that you keep because you've brought it up so many times. For Roy, no. I know. I know the worst thing I, yeah, the worst thing I ever did to Roy was I painted his nails while he was asleep and he woke up and just cried. He he tells the story that it was also in Sharpie. It was nail polish. It was red nail polish. I remember it. (laughs) Yeah. You did other things. It wasn't just the, the nutcracker one. I remember distinctly because I remember being in our old house in that hallway and I said, I didn't want to be a rat from the nutcracker I wanted to be in the nutcracker but of course I wanted to be something like a party girl or nice and you were like no you're gonna be a rat and like took a pillow and just shoved it in my pants and then made me sit while you drew lines on my face and stuff and there's a picture of me posing like a mouse back by the door and I just remember absolutely more than life not wanting to be a rat and you would not have it because there had to be a rat so funny my uh, are so much younger than me that it wasn't like, I don't, I mean, they're like nine and a half and 13 years younger than me. So I remember it being like changing their diapers and cradling them and helping yeah. train one of them. And like the relationship was just so different. Whereas Brittany was the sibling who was yeah. 
closer in age to me and the same gender as me. And by the time we were teenagers, we were about the same size, like the same, like that she could yeah. get in my clothes. Like it was just like a different relationship. Brittany, do you remember, I don't remember us being competitive, but do you remember us being competitive? Oh, I remember being super pissed when you were like, barely do anything not barely do anything but like school came so easily to you and school was really really hard for me and looking back on it now I'm super thankful because I don't think I would have pushed myself as hard as I did if I hadn't seen you like and what was possible right but like oh oh I would be so pissed because we used to get paid for our grades like we got A's and B's we got money for it and she would always come home and get so much money and I'd be so pissed because I worked really hard and you didn't do <laughs> anything and you'd be getting all this money and see okay so there's a thing with me and money like I enjoy making money and so when she was just like doing nothing getting money for it I was uh, yeah that's probably the the biggest competition type of thing but besides that I think we really just like we were really happy with who we were as people and we stayed in our lanes and mm-hmm. we didn't compare, compete because we were so different and what we wanted was so different. And um, I think our parents were really good about being supportive about what we wanted to do. You know, like we always went to your plays and we always went to my competitions you know what I mean so it wasn't really like a need to compete we we were just in our own worlds it's so funny I do have one memory of we were in the car and I was like hey guys like I can't remember I think it was all district choir or something something like that and I was like hey guys I need all district choir and I was in the front seat and I remember you being in the back seat of the car and you went Surprise, surprise. <laughs> I don't know why this memory just popped up of it. And then I like, what? And you were like, don't you always make it? And I was like, well, no. It's, and it's very competitive. And you were like, okay. And I was like, hey. That's so funny. I don't, Lizzie, I mean, Lizzie, tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't feel like we had, it wasn't like competition in that sense and like, oh, you got to, like, you made this or you made that or whatever. It was like more in competition of like our personalities and like our behavior. I feel like uh, it was knowing the two of you a little bit, because I know Lizzie a little bit, you two have more similar career paths than me and Brittany have. And I could see that somehow like Brittany and I are like we have such different career paths but you two I yeah. think are a bit more similar than me and Brittany are well Katie and I we have a lot of similar interests ish like may like category wise we both like to write we like to read we like to um, but Katie is a writer I am not a writer I design things you know what I mean but we have we both like to Although journal the, both- the cutest thing that Lizzie ever did was start journal writing because I was writing in a journal I did. <laughs> yeah, I did. That was the one thing I did love about her as a kid. I was like, oh, now I'm going to cry thinking about I it. Did. Keep going. Stop it. Stop it. Um, no, I think that we, so you actually mentioned the other day a really good example of like how our parents 
had us basically compete against each other in the same way. We were a very competitive family all the way around. It was like if I, I was doing piano, so my mom wouldn't let Katie take piano lessons because it was my thing. Like we each had to have our own thing and we had to be good at that thing. We had to continue. Like what I always remember what you start in September, you finish in May. Like, Oh my God, I haven't heard that in like (laughs) 15 years. And I just had like a horrible trigger moment. (laughs) (laughs) There's the title of your episode for this. When you start in September, you finish in May. Dude, I totally forgot about that. That was our mom. She would say that all the time. And like meaning if you started soccer in September at the beginning of the school year, you had to finish it through the end. So they were very much like you, which I understand, like you stick with your commitments as a kid. And that's a good lesson. But it was also, I felt a tremendous, tremendous amount of pressure. And this is where a lot of my, um, I have heavy anxiety disorders um, or a pretty bad anxiety disorder, I mean, and like have panic attacks and a heavy, heavy, intense perfectionism uh, trait that I'm like currently in therapy trying to work on, right? And I think that all stems from our childhood because our parents were very much like, you have to do this thing, but you better be fucking good at it. Like you better be good at it. You better work your ass off. If you're not talented, like, "Mm, I guess that's okay, but you really should be talented. Like there was just this underlying pressure of you can do what you want, but you better be good at it. And like, you better work hard at it, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's why I did ballet for like, you know, most of my life is because one, I liked to dance, but I liked other types of dance, but I needed to be good at ballet. Like that was the thing mom wanted me to be good at and that dad wanted me to stick with too. So it was like, I feel like they gave us a lot of pressure. Yeah. And I'd say that's where a lot of like our anger and resentment probably towards each other came in because like what I would be told in a sidebar about Lizzie, she'd be told something opposite about me. And so we grew up with this, like, again, not healthy. No, <laughs> saying it was that's like, healthy. it was like gossiping about your kids with your kids. Is yeah. How I felt it was sometimes. And honestly, I, I feel like the tables turned for us when our parents got divorced. Like it took a really long time, but then like something clicked after they got divorced where the three of us with our brother included, were just like, why aren't we like really close? And now we like talk once a week and like we're texting constantly and like, you know, they're two, they're two of my best friends. And so like, uh, but that definitely, yeah, it was not the case growing up at all. And they still like to tease me about it. I will say that I think it wasn't unhealthy. I know where it was rooted from, but I do think that um, I think my siblings and I and Brittany and I had a high bar for perfectionism that I feel like was more rooted in the fact that we are um, a black middle-class family. We were yeah. one of the few black families in our neighborhood for a really long time. And even still one of the few. <laughs> that totally sounds like I'm about to be like, whoa, is us, but it is just different. <laughs> And like once you inherit in so many generations that like you have to be better, you have to be better. Like at some point, like that, that's just, it's, it's just not a, a possibility. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's not just exactly what, what I want to say, but yeah. I think it just creates a systemic perfectionism trait in almost everybody. There's that sense of, yeah. um, it's what we were talking about at the very, very beginning where a lot of people today feel like your worth is equal to your productivity output and how much you're able to do and how successful you are. Mm -hmm. I think that was really heightened when like our parents were 
at our age really trying to work and get that done, you know, and it just got worse. Like I saw in our parents, for example, a very keeping up with the Joneses type thing when we, you know, before, right before they got divorced, I'd say the, the 10 or so years before they got divorced, it was very much like keeping up with the Joneses is what I felt. And it was like, um, you know, we've got to get the next thing. We've got to do the next thing. We've got to uh, participate in the next event, like all these different things. And it just gets overwhelming. So by the time it got to us, we're like, wait, you want us to keep up with all of these social trends and all of these financial things? How do we afford that? How do we pay for school? How, you know, there's so many more obstacles today that they didn't have to face whatsoever. So then they see us not performing well or like not performing at the capacity that they did. Uh, ahead of their parents. And there's that, I think, guilt um, on our part, because they make a they shame us into that without knowing that they're shaming us, you know, so I don't know. You can tell what I talked to my therapist about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, my sister had been booted off the zoom, I'm sure she's making her way back in. But um, I would say uh, the caveat in our family was then also the knowledge though, the additional hurdle of what our parents had achieved was so impressive because they were black. Yeah. And there were a bunch of barriers that we weren't gonna have to go through because we already went to X school, we already did this. Our parents, you know, our parents paid for us to go to school uh, or helped us pay down our loans. Like, and so I don't, it, 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 it's an interesting, like Brittany, I'm talking about my sister had just rejoined us. I'm talking about how like when growing up, how we were just aware of like what our parents had achieved was so much more impressive because they were black. Like, there was, like, an extra, like, and again, like, literally, there were, like, three to four fat black families in the neighborhood, and whenever a new black family showed up, whether you wanted to or not, we were all going to get up, we were going to go over, we were going to go say hi to the new black family, we were going to make sure that everyone understood what children they had in the same age group, and it was a really big, like, I don't know if our parents ever explicitly said it, Brittany, and you can let me know if I'm wrong, but it was definitely very implied that, like, black people only rise together. So we need to go over, we need to go meet that family, we need to do this because this is a big deal that all of us are in this nice neighborhood. I don't know, Brittany, how do you feel about that? Um, I don't know that it was ever said, but it was definitely, like, you knew. Like you knew that it was really important to make sure that um, you helped one another and that you were supportive of one another because with everything else that was sure to come against you, like, I mean, I read, um, maybe it was an article or on your Facebook or something when you talked about like how no, like you had to advocate for yourself to be in advanced classes. Like nobody put you there. And that's still a very prevalent problem, even in Loudoun County where the diversity has increased so much. Like there, it's not equal to, you know, the amount of opportunities there are. Those opportunities are not automatically given or thought about for black kids and if you aren't advocating for yourself and for others that that are in the same situation as you you know you know everybody fails at that point 
Yeah, I think bringing you with it, I had never known this until I posted something either earlier this year or late last year. There was a story in the Washington Post, the Loudoun County in the DC area, about um, how, like, surprise, surprise, racism is still a thing in Virginia. <laughs> Woo, Woo! Okay, we told y'all that. We told y'all that in 1999, and you were like, "No, guys, we're in a post-racial society," and we were like, no, we're not. "We told you again when Obama got elected." And yeah. You're like, Oh, there can't be racism because our president then told you again four years ago. Yeah, I was. We keep telling you guys that racism is a thing, and now we're and now a lot of white people are like, "Did you guys know?" It feels like, here's what it feels like, that it's it's like a white teacher full of a classroom of white students, and there's one black kid in the back who's going, hey, hey, y'all, um, racism's still alive? Could you, and the teacher's like, no, anyone? Lizzie, you are literally describing my history class. Like, <laughs> just, that's what it feels like sometimes, and that there's even some white kids sitting next to the black kid in the back going, no, you should listen like over here, it seems like we still got some issues, you guys. And the teacher's like, what? I'm sorry. No, no, no. Wait your turn, please. Don't speak out of turn. You, you should describe my AP Gov class. You <laughs> be accepted of the fact that my AP Gov, my AP Gov teacher was a white woman married to a black man no. who also worked at our school and was like, nah, y'all, racism's real. But what I was, <laughs> what I was going to say, though, is I was going to say that, like, yes, we, we, um, we grew up with that awareness. And so because we grew up with that awareness of like knowing that was the case, I think for us, the idea, the pressure was bigger than our parents. Um, Absolutely. It was bigger than that. It, it, was, a, it was a community. It, it was more about like, because I wouldn't say, I feel like both Brittany and I probably deal with the pressure to like be perfect, to be awesome, to like, I, both Brittany and I in various ways became leaders in like our community as like teenagers and et cetera. And like, we definitely felt that pressure, but it was almost, it was bigger than our, our parents were very proud of us, but it was, it was bigger, it was bigger than them. It was the community and my God, once you became the token black kid in your community, like it was then it just it was just rolled because it wasn't just about your parents it was like the white people in the community who wanted to see like that diversity they were leaning on you I was getting scholarship like like I would be sitting in class and a scholarship would land on my desk because like someone thought of me or like did that or like you know I, I just think it's so interesting and what Brittany was also talking about before is that um what I was starting to talk about was that we so in our family when we moved to Loudoun County, Virginia, we came. Oh my God! We came from Fairfax County, Virginia, which was more diverse, and in many ways, in some ways, a year ahead of Loudoun County. And so when we came, I had already been an honorable student in Fairfax County for the most part. For those who don't know, I had a hearing impairment as a kid. That was a thing. I still have a hearing impairment, but like it really disrupted my education for about a year. And then I got back on track and I was a good student. And so we, need, we really need to post that article of you. Washington Post article about yeah. me and my hearing aids. My, my best doesn't let, Erica Atkins, 10 years old, doesn't let it affect her in her singing career. <laughs> my, my favorite line in that article is, I'm like a normal kid. I like the battery boy. That's like, I was like, well, 
You can't get any more Erica Atkins than that. Must I like, like the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> Don't get me started. I see her starting. Let me finish this sentence. I know it tortured <laughs> my entire family, my love of the Backstreet Boys. Um, but I was in, in Loudoun County school, sixth grade. I was in school for a year before I started to realize there were kids who I performed just as well, if not better, in at school who were in like honors classes. And why was I not? And I, as an 11 year old, had to identify for myself, I should be in those classes. And, and the hoops that I had to do, like I had to write two essays and I had to get teacher recommendations and like, like a whole thing, which completely set me on a different track because at least during that time, if you weren't in honor classes by the time you were in eighth, ninth grade, you couldn't be in those AP classes by 12th grade. Yeah. So you had to know, you had to figure, you had to like sit down as an 11 year old, look at the trajectory and then be like, oh, I need to be doing something else. And something I didn't know until Brittany had said it like late last year or this year, she was like, well, you made it the norm. And so because that was the norm that we were like supposed to be in these accelerated classes and we had to do this and that, like that then just became what was like the thing in our family. But there's so many families that in our area who didn't have that. Yeah. So what you're saying is you were fulfilling your parents' drive to be better than them. Even yeah. at 10 years old. Like, yeah, I mean, I think so. But like, I mean, yes and like, yes and no. But I think the, the, I felt like, I felt like I knew that there was that pressure there. So mm-hmm. and knowing that my parents like lives in this nice house in this beautiful town in Virginia, like what the fuck was I going to do to be better than them? Mm-hmm. I never thought about it as being better than them. I just felt like if I was my best, that was like good enough. You know, like I, I felt like, who I was, was as good if I did my best, you know, and I felt like as long as I did my best, that they would be happy with whatever was produced, right? So like, for me, it was, it wasn't ever about being better than them as much as it was about making sure that their hard work was like appreciated and validated. Um, Because like our parents worked really, really, really hard all the time. And so like, for me, it was like, okay, let me make sure I do what I need to do so that when I get older, I can make sure my parents have anything and everything that they want and that they're taken care of. Because I saw like, as our grandparents got older, it was very hard for our parents to manage life and finance and aging parents. And I wanted to make and I saw how hurtful that was for them as well. And so I wanted to make sure that when the time came, that I was going to make sure that, you know, they were good, they were taken care of. And that I think that was like my was more of a motivating factor for me than being better than them. Yeah, I would agree with that. So maybe it's not quite better than them. I will say the additional pressure that I had, and it may have been different from Brittany, was that our parents were, they did have a lot of conversations with me about how I was the oldest and I set the tone for everybody. So I think the additional maybe pressure that I felt sometimes with it as the big sister, like I had to set like, like I had to set a really good tone for my younger siblings that like, to Brittany's point about how hard our parents worked and wanting to honor how hard they work, that mm-hmm. like the oldest child like really has to set the tone that like, hey guys, that's the thing. We're going to work just as hard if not harder than our parents because 
I know. I would call Kyle in college that would be like, from Brittany, my parents, and everyone being like, so when you were 16, we'd like to talk about what your set of rules were. Because I was like, by the time Brittany was like 15, 16, I had gone to college. And like everybody was trying to like, compare what the standard was for me versus her and i was like oh you guys already threw half the, the rules out the window i don't even oh, know what you're calling me. i can't but, yeah i can't even begin to like yeah so, yeah so here's what you just said erica what i had a question made me have a question for Brittany. you said that as the older sibling and i think katie would relate to this a bit in our families that you had to set the tone right for younger siblings I, as the baby, and Brittany, I don't know since or you're technically like the youngest between the two of you. Um, well, are you like the baby baby out of everybody, all, all the siblings? No. no. Okay, okay. Though, in our household. Yeah, so in, the, so in the household, you're the baby. So like I got an intense pressure to not fuck up the way my siblings did. It was like, you see what they did? Don't do that shit. Don't do it. I better not catch you doing that shit. Yeah, but <laughs> our parents also made out like things that we did to be like the worst thing. Like my guilt oh complex was, comes from them. Yeah, like anything we did was like the worst thing a human has ever done. Yes, like I, it was, it's, it's why I struggle with thinking that I'm the worst person in the world constantly. Yeah. Hey, family anxiety party one. And can we just um, both say, just to clear both Lizzie and I's names, that no matter what we did in high school, it was never as bad as what our little middle brother did. <laughs> <laughs> he got busted. He got caught the worst for everything. Yeah. So <laughs> he throwing did. that out he did there for sure. <laughs> I got it. Yeah, I got it easier than Roy because I he was the only boy, right? So he had a whole other set of pressure and things to deal with. I had the pressure of doing, I had to be opposite of Katie. My mom was like, you need to be social. Um, you know, my dad was like, you need to have good grades. You need to do all of these things. Does and that it was not like, tell you a lot right there, Erica, that Lizzie was taught to be the opposite of me? <laughs> I mean, it, that's what it felt a lot of the times. It wasn't, it wasn't specifically told, like, don't be like Katie. It was just, you know, like, okay, it, it was heavily implied. It was like Katie, when you had, um, I remember whatever it was that mom and dad had to come and talk to you and all your teachers at Mount, apparently of some, some issue you had to like sit in a room with everybody and they make it sound like you basically flipped everyone off and got on the table naked and mooned all your teachers. So. I wish I had. <laughs> yeah. So they always brought that kind of stuff up to me, right? And say like, no, you want to join clubs. Like you want to do this in high school. You And so they would use examples of things she did and not directly say like, don't do what Katie did. But it was like, do you see the problem, Lizzie? Like, don't you see why you don't want to do those things? And it was just this like heavy, immense guilt to do be like this perfect princess P. Ugh. Yeah. You, you, we, that's a great question, Lizzie. Brittany, did you feel any of that growing mm -hmm. up? Mm, no. I mean, no. I don't. I don't really remember, to be honest. So it couldn't have been that bad, whatever it was, because <laughs> I don't remember. Good job, Erica. <laughs> if you're not dealing with childhood trauma now, then it wasn't that you know, bad. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what I look at it. Okay, if I'm not dealing with this like thing that I dealt with in childhood now, then that must not be a concern for me. <laughs> I'm doing all right. <laughs> I mean, the only thing I really remember from my childhood is the thing that Brittany said earlier. I do remember 
there being a time I feel like I was upstairs in my room. So our house that we mostly grew up in, there was like the bedroom, there was like, you went upstairs and there was like a foyer. So if there was shit going on downstairs, you could hear it. You could go to the foyer and no one would see you, but you were <laughs> listening to everything. And you were just hanging over the foyer like, shit going on, someone's getting in trouble. I'm oh yeah, we had we had like the exact same spot. We eavesdrop. Yeah, yep. you're like maybe I should get out of the house now. I want to hear a little bit more shit. Let me text <laughs> my friend. I'm gonna meet you. Well, let me hear where this is going. Too far. <laughs> Gotta get out the door. Like that was like our house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I do remember hearing Brittany yell at our parents. It's not fair. It's not fair. Erica doesn't do anything, and she gets on audible. And I was yeah. like. I mean, she ain't wrong. I felt <laughs> like I didn't, she ain't to, wrong. I didn't have to work hard until I went to college. That was the first time that I had to work because I was a vocalist who was diagnosed with acid reflux. And that was, yet I still drink, but that's a different story. But like, that was the first time that I ever actually had to work really hard mm. to get good grades. I sailed through middle school and high school for the most part. So I like she wasn't wrong. Like that was true. And I do remember there being a time. And I remember thinking to myself, like, I should keep that to myself a little bit more. I should like like maybe I should gloat less. Maybe I should like like thinking of like I don't want her to feel bad about it. It's just easy for me. And like trying to pull back a little bit on like mm-hmm what what that meant because I didn't want her to feel bad about it and that was the first time I had ever realized that she felt that way yeah there was I mean just in terms of like I got I was fiercely I didn't let them see it but I felt fiercely like protective of Roy and Lizzie there was a time where I was their mom and they don't really remember that because they were pretty little but like there was a time where like I made their lunch every morning I tucked them in bed and like this whole thing and so like when you guys would have like problems in high school or whatever I didn't want to emotionally and this says a lot about what I fucking dealt with like and the things that I deal with internally I didn't want to emotionally show you show you that I cared but I would like fight a kid if I thought they were hurting you like I I would want to like kill a kid if they hurt I I will remember distinctly so I that's actually what I was going to say earlier but I totally forgot when you were asking me to spill the tea on Katie it was it's like a, a double, not a double-edged sword. Um, I can't think. It of totally that was. It definitely um, was. Like I know what I was. Well, doing. like one of the one side was like, yes, you were depressed and mean and angry about all sorts of things, so you took it out on us, like any sibling does, you know. And we we didn't like each other like any sibling does sometimes. But the other side, I knew um, that you shielded us from seeing a lot. Like I only remember. Um, a certain apartment, like very, very vaguely. Um, And I remember going with you and dad and Roy very vaguely, but like, I don't have a ton of memories of those things because I remember that you would usually keep Roy and I playing. We would be doing something. We wouldn't. So like you shielded us from a lot that I only learned about later and, and had no idea, you know, because we were that's part of the age gap. Like we were five, six years apart. So yeah, I was often little kid, la la land sometime having no being blissfully unaware of things that were going on. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, I definitely did my own damage to our relationship. I mean, it took us a lot to like work through that and grow up and get through it. I mean, that we have over the years, but like, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, it is what it is at this point. It's like, like, 
it is what it is. I know how angry I was as a kid and I know that I'm still dealing with the repercussions of a lot of that. And it's like one day at a time. Like I can't make, you know, I can't make it like, I can't undo any of that. So like, we just keep moving forward with our relationship now. I feel like oh, Whitney and I are a little bit of the opposite where I would like Whitney was always ready to fight and I was the politician. Oh yeah. Oh, I was always ready to fight. Oh, Brittany, we would have gotten along. I, I, I was definitely like you, Erica. Like the constant politician to be like, let's negotiate. I realize you want to punch my sister in the face. And frankly, I've been seeing what happened. She deserved it. And I used to get in trouble for that because our parents would be like, oh, and both of our dad and Rhonda are both the youngest in their family. So they would always say, you need to stick up for your little sister. I'm like, look, guys, you went on the bus. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say she had it coming, but you know, I don't like to negotiate. I'd be like, so you want to punch my sister in the face. So what we've learned tonight is that Brit- Brit- Brittany and I will go start the girl gang and kick ass, and you two right. are going to come bail us out and argue for our release. <laughs> One of my clearest memories is of my sister. I cannot, you remember there were two boys in our neighborhood named Romeo and Yvonne. Uh, I don't know. What I don't names. Remember. I don't Yvonne, know. Right, that's what I was just sitting here thinking. Of. I know you remember Romeo. Yvonne was like the tall Hispanic kid. Okay. Who was always hanging out with Romeo? They were the ones who. This is everyone's gonna probably be alive when I say this. But I'm gonna go ahead and say the story really quick. They were the ones who pinned me down in the backyard and kissed me. Oh, okay. They climbed okay. into our backyard and pinned me down <laughs> and kissed me, and then I kicked them in the balls. But. <laughs> But I remember they would, like, harass me. Looking back on it, I'm like, oh, my God, men are awful, and they've always been. But, like, I I remember this. And then I remember my sister, who was smaller than me. I was in, like, fifth grade, fourth fourth grade. And my sister was in, like, first grade, coming out of nowhere and going, don't mess with my sister! And she was, like, this tiny little thing. And she, like, leaped on them. And I was like, oh, God. So oh god, cute. my sister is about to get her ass kicked by this kid who's like <laughs> twice the size of her. <laughs> Dude, I love it. That's adorable. That's adorable. <laughs> well wow. politician, politician. We are definitely at the end of our time. Do we want to play the game? Yeah, I've got Do my- it. Okay, so we're gonna be teamed. Okay, guys. So we're gonna play a game. It's what like- are we calling this? Know uh, your call sister. It the, the know sis- your boo. Know your sis. Oh, do, yeah, do know your sis. Know, know your, your sis. sis. Yeah, know your sis. Everybody, it's put time it to know your sis. sis. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, Lizzie. It's a Parks and Rec. We're both obsessed. Yes. <laughs> know your sister. So here's what we're going to do. We kind of decided the rules before we started, but I have a feeling this may change, especially if some of us have been drinking. Yes. Um. So we're going to separate into teams. It's going to be Katie and Lizzie, me and Brittany. Everybody's pretty convinced that they're going to fail tragically on this. So I, I have a piece of paper to keep score. So oh, what, I was just what's, your, what's your team name? Brittany, uh, what's your team name? Erica. Brittany, what are Back- we going to be? Huh? What'd you say? Backstreet Boys. That's how well I have my sibling trained. Every single one of them. <laughs> Lizzie, what's our team what's name? I'm I'm gonna say something something nope twenty. I think I think it's gonna be PCP. <laughs> it's the, PCP. Par- the Parks Committee of Pawnee. Parks Committee of Pawnee. 
That's who we are. <laughs> we, we are, are PCP. <laughs> we Just are the like PCP. the fast acting drug. <laughs> we are so quick and powerful. <laughs> Brittany, are you that still it? There? I don't. I don't see your face, but I see the box. Did you already lose your team name? So okay. So how this game works is it's a lot like the newlywed game, and we made it up beforehand. And it's a game where you know the points don't matter and the questions are funny. I don't know what is the whose line is it? Anything? Everything. Uh, it's good. where everything's made up and the points don't matter. Everything's made up and the points don't matter. So that's what that's what we're doing here. So it's the Backstreet Boys against PCP as that classic rivalry, PCP and Backstreet Boys. <laughs> <laughs> so basically how it's going to go here is that uh, we're going to take turns asking each other questions. Erica and I have a list of questions. And so I will ask Erica a question and she will have to write the answer to me. And then Brittany's going to have to guess what Erica wrote and then vice versa. And then should we let, well, I guess our sisters don't have the list so they can't ask the questions. So I guess we'll be asking the questions. Okay. That makes, that makes we're, sense. We're pulling some usual big sister shit. So. Okay. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> All okay. right. It's time to know your sis. You want to go first? Do you want me to ask a question first? Or do you, yeah, want to- you, you want to ask me a question first and I'll okay. type you the answer. Then Lizzie has to guess what I wrote. Okay. Okay. Oh, here's a good one. Other than the school that your sister went to, where else did they apply to college? Oh, apply to college? Oh, fuck. I'm getting real, son. Brittany and I probably couldn't answer these questions, just to be honest. That's a hard can one. I, can I do a... Can I name the, the schools she has attended? She no, has multiple degrees. No, 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 Lizzie. This question is for me. So I have to guess where you attended. Where uh, else you applied. Oh, no. I thought I guessed what you wrote. No. Uh, oh, but you're guessing about me. I I'm guessing about you. So I'm guessing about you. So I'm okay, going to okay. say. So I just have to guess one of the other places she applied. Yeah, just, just one. Just one. Go for it. Well, that's easy. You could just pick like. <laughs> Yeah, I'm it. doing it. <laughs> okay. So, but Lizzie gets the answer first. Okay. So yeah. Lizzie might not say the same thing. You so did. I applied, I, I applied and attended the University of Tulsa. I applied to Texas Christian University, the University of Arkansas, and the University of Central Arkansas. <laughs> so Katie put down the University of Arkansas at Fayetteville. At Fayetteville, which I misspelled yep. Fayetteville. So we'll just, whatever, no one's seen this. I chat. don't even know how it's spelled. So, <laughs> All right. So this question is for Erica about Brittany. Okay. Um, and I actually wrote one down. I got the list here, but I'm going to wrote, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Okay. What is your sister's biggest fear? Erica's answering this in chat. She has so many though. Hold on. I know, right? What's That's the biggest one? Far. Whatever she's going to respond. Okay. Brittany, what is your answer? I mean, I just have a lot, so I can't even pick one. I would probably say my biggest fear is like not doing anything to contribute to the world. Oh, I think it's pretty close though. I mean, I do. I think they're on par, you know, in a metaphorical level. Erica wrote being alone. Hmm. It just got dark. Now, it's er- from like go back to like Britney won't go in the basement by herself. Britney won't blah, 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 blah. By but you know what? You know what I learned? I learned why I wouldn't go in the basement by myself because I'm energy sensitive. 
Like, I don't care if you believe what I'm telling you or not. No, like, I, I lived in that haunted ass house. Not like I lived in a haunted house in Baltimore. And when I started researching, like why energy in the house was affecting me more than anything or anyone else, I learned why I didn't like the fucking basement. Brittany, <laughs> I, uh, Brittany I think maybe that you might have been my little sister and Lizzie might have been Erica's. <laughs> One of my favorite memories of Brittany was when she was trying to get me to uh, set her shower for her. Like, she wanted me to go in the bathroom, turn on her shower, and set it for her. This was not long after Sister Act came out. And I don't know if you remember that there's a scene in there where they're acting on Hill, why she's doing what she's doing, and she says she has to follow her heart. So I said to Brittany, I was like, why can't you just go and set your own shower? And she looks at me. She's like, in first grade, dead serious, she goes, because Erica, I have to follow my heart. And I was like, oh. <laughs> my God. Okay, so now I think, Erica, you should ask Lizzie a question that she types privately to you. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. So, Lizzie, what is something that you still do that drives Katie crazy? Oh, gosh. Something I personally still do that would drive Katie crazy. Oh, I got it. She doesn't even. Is it, it. is it like it. silly or serious? It could be whatever you want. No, I'm Katie. Is that is what you're thinking? Like, because this could go either way. If there's something really like a oh, pet it's peeve. it's silly. It's a yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I do so many things. Um, I okay, okay, okay. Um. <laughs> Your face. <laughs> oh man, now now I'm thinking she wrote something else. Okay. <laughs> I know she didn't write what I'm thinking, but I want to know I what you're I feel like my reaction may have given away this <laughs> I don't I don't think just to just to say I don't do this often, but I think if I did this, this would be your number one annoying. Thing. I know well, it, well it, my number one annoying thing if you still did it would read my journal is that what you want <laughs> no okay <laughs> no, but that's what, funny. what I was thinking is that you decorate for Christmas oh what <laughs> lame cranky really it's silly um, like she like goes overboard for Christmas yeah. like overboard like all the whatever okay that's but what I don't do what I don't do is like mom's overboard Christmas with like it was silly. It's, like, it's not serious yeah yeah my, my, I, it's fine. It's not serious. That was the only thing I could think of. Brittany, so this question is for you. You're going to type Wait, it. Can we confirm that Brittany's here because it's on her, her photo? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Looking cool. like a baller, okay. you mean? Brittany, you're, you're going to type it to me, Katie, okay? Okay. And this is the question. So, oh, no, I can't do that one. Let's see. That's the one you can't do. Yeah, no, no, because it's too easy. Okay, Brittany, I like this one. What is one giveaway sign that your sister is really stressed, really hungry, or really tired? Hmm. That would have been a good one. I got that one ready for you, Katie. What was your answer, Lizzie, for me? 
if you're really angry or like stressed or tired, uh, you tend to get very disinterested in what's going on. <laughs> I've heard that. You're like, no, right. <laughs> she's like, okay, cool. You guys want to talk tomorrow? <laughs> I've been talking to you for the last 40 minutes, Katie. <laughs> okay. Okay. Brittany has submitted her answer. Erica, what do you think she wrote? What was the question again? I said, <laughs> I said, what is one giveaway sign that your sister is really stressed, really hungry, or really tired? I get quiet. Nope. She starts snapping at people or crying. <laughs> I don't cry that often, though. Thinking about, like, when we were younger, like, I can very clearly remember this one situation where you had driven home and it was raining and you were upset because it was raining and you hydroplaned or something like that. And I was like, boo-hoo, get over it. And, like, you freaked out. Was that the car accident, though, where I locked my car? Basically? No, you didn't, you didn't get in a car accident. It was just raining like normal rain. I don't remember that. And I usually remember things. I You're like, Erica, calm the hell down. <laughs> I was er like, uh, okay. <laughs> Erica, you want to do one more each? Yeah, because no one's winning. <laughs> well, we got one point. Oh, PCP. <laughs> PCP got one point for the college. So PCP wins again. <laughs> Over the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> oh, we have fun. <laughs> There's your, actually, that should be your uh, episode title, PCP versus the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> For those have, who haven't watched Parks and Recreation, please go watch. We are talking about the Parks C Committee of Pawnee. Duh. Duh. I got I got Okay. You ready? So I'm answering it, right? Yeah. And it's about Lizzie. Okay. Um, what is something that Lizzie always wanted to accomplish um, as a kid that she has now done? That I have now done? Yeah, no. that you've done now. Oh, that she has done now? Yeah. That has been accomplished, like something I wanted to accomplish, and I have accomplished it. I, mean, I said I, a lot of ridiculous things as a kid. Like, I wanted to go to Juilliard. I wanted to freaking be in the American Ballet Theater. Y'all, did not happen. <laughs> did I not. I that. Like, Lizzie, I have not married Nick Carter. I did not. You know, yeah. Th there are some fantastical ideas I had as a kid. <laughs> All right. I, I submitted an my answer. Lizzie, I have an answer from Katie. Do it. What is it? You have to guess what I wrote. You guess. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot that part of the game. I was like, ooh, I want to know what she said. <laughs> um, okay, something that I have always wanted to accomplish. Um, I've always wanted to get married, and I did that. I always wanted to own dogs, and I did that. I always wanted to volunteer and I've done that. I don't know. Get tattoos and I've done that. What do you what do you say, Erica? Do I get half a point or one point? Yeah, I was about to say, I'm gonna give Katie half a point because she listed two things and you said one of them. Oh God. What were they? She said got married and owned your own business. Oh yeah. And then she put in parentheses or started a family. 
Which is what I mean by got married. Yeah, that's fine. That, Lizzie, I have wanted, dogs. Lizzie wanted her own family. That was like a thing we knew as kids. Yes, I did always. I always had baby dolls and things that were like my children. So we got half a point. Woo! 1.5 for PCP. <laughs> 1.5 for PCP. <laughs> okay, wait. Where did my cursor go? Let me go. <laughs> okay, Erica. I've been eating like this whole episode, guys. Thank I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you a semi-easy one. Okay. So, Erica, if your sister were a country, what country would she be? That's not easy. I think that's, that's easy. no. <laughs> Brittany thinks it's easy. See, we're on the no, same wavelength. No, I, I think we're actually easy. sisters. No, it's because not, I think it should be a continent, not a country. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. So, I'll I'll allow it. What continent would Brittany be? Okay. Hold on. Let me send. Wait. 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 Answer. Brittany. Brittany. Erica's gonna type me the answer, and then and then we're gonna confirm with you. So she's guessing for you. Oh. Okay. Well, well you both you both wrote answer. to me, and you got one point. You both guessed Africa. So. <laughs> All right, so the final tally is Backstreet Boys one, PCP oh, no, one point five. Did we not do the? We did it just one. We have to do one more round. Oh, we want do one more for the sisters. Okay, so Lizzie and okay. Brittany get to guess. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. Then all right. We we'll really know who won. Okay, Erica's gonna make this one really hard, Lizzie. So. No. Can't let PCP win over Backstreet Boys. But we're. But you gotta give me. You gotta give me some. You give me some good. We're. Not, <laughs> we're. Let's get our let's get our PCP wavelength going here, <laughs> or the Leslie Sorry division. <laughs> Leslie, the LSD. <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. LSD. Please go watch Parks and Recreation. I swear this episode is not a promo, but the the moral <laughs> of the story is that both Lizzie and I are a Leslie Nope of some form. Yes, okay. I even have waffles. Friends work in that order. Both me and my sister are Donna, so it is. But work is always third. Uh, okay. Hit me. Lizzie, what is your sister's favorite way to celebrate her birthday? Favorite way to celebrate her birthday? Wow, she's typing a long answer. No, I'm just thinking it's it's like, what would you, what would your, I really like to do for your birthday? Okay. Well, I don't know what you wrote, but I'm just going to have to say what I'd really want to do. I think travel with friends. So. And drink with them. Can I add that? Okay. Like the half. Answer, give me a half for that. I'm going to give you a half point. Yes. Give you a half point. Because the answer that Lizzie wrote is with friends, probably some booze, and then nothing and end up alone with Rosetta. <laughs> That's a pretty close second. Well, I figured like you'd do something with your friends while drinking, but then ultimately on your birthday, you'd probably like to just end up alone, cuddling Rosetta, like doing nothing. So. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, that's that's pretty accurate. I'm thinking that if I had endless money like, or whatever, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'd probably be if you had like endless money and could do anything you want for your birthday. I'd say you'd probably be like in Belgium getting some, getting some frites. <laughs> that's pretty accurate anyway yeah, that wasn't the go. question but okay. i should have i should have put that damn well you know what katie and i may be taking an exciting trip to loudon county virginia so, <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a, uh that's your vacation in 2020 you get to go and <laughs> in your parents backyard 
All right, Brittany. This yep. this question is for you. Okay. Oh, I like this one. This is a very Erica Atkins question. Brittany, what outfit did Erica wear as a kid that everyone always talks about? This is a good answer, but I don't think you know it. I think it's I think it was Wait, like, wait, 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 Brittany, you got to write it to me. You got to write it to me. Okay. <laughs> la 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 la. <laughs> I don't know if Brittany's going to get this one because she was, she was younger when this happened. All right, Erica, the answers are in. What do you think Brittany guessed? I mean, the one that everybody always talks about is the cow print dress. Oh, no. I said the tube top. The tube top. Oh, that's the second runner up. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> once, dun, again, dun. once again, PCP, dun, dun. Backstreet Boys. <laughs> In this classic rivalry. In the classic rivalry of PCP versus Backstreet Boys. You didn't even have the decency to be in sync, so at least the joke would make sense. <laughs> look, look, man. Hey, PCP you know, is fast acting and powerful, and the Backstreet Boys just don't stand a chance. <laughs> there we go. Makes perfect sense for us. Come on. <laughs> Which is why we're sisters. There we go. <laughs> well, thank you both very much for being on tonight and hanging out with us it's nice Thanks to see your faces you're welcome i know that um it's really hard to lock down my schedule but i'm really fortunate to do these kind of charity cases um you know if you guys <laughs> need me to reshare this with my millions of followers i'd absolutely be happy to we really appreciate your time Lizzie. <laughs> thank you <laughs> oh we love our sisters we do. We love our sisters so much because who the fuck would we be without our sisters? Yeah, and this has been pretty fun because basically Eric and I are each other's sisters here in New York. So it's nice to have our little sisters here and spend time together. So let's cheers. Cheers. Uh, cheers. Cheers. <laughs> oh. Brittany can't find her drink. Brittany hey, lost Mine her is drink. empty, so like in spirit. <laughs> Lizzie's been drinking water the whole time anyway. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us today. Another episode of Rogan All Day Anyway. Anyways. You're getting closer. I'm getting closer. It's like, anyways. Anyways. We'll get there. We'll do some lessons. We're going to get there. And thank you guys for joining us. And we'll be talking to you soon. Maybe in quarantine. Maybe not. Probably in quarantine. Because that's what to do with these days. Yep. <laughs> All right. We love you guys. Bye. 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 Bye.